This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. For $5 a month, you get access to bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. You get ad-free episodes. Mm-hmm. And you're supporting the show, and we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also check out a special Discord server just for this podcast. That link is in the show notes. Uh, you can watch this podcast on YouTube if you like staring at a screen I and listening to our voices. I would not say you can watch it on podcast. You can listen to it on podcast. You will see nothing. That is correct. There, we're, we're in no position Never to have video cameras. We're going to be yeah. on camera. Yes. Uh, and with that, hello. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm good. I want to I wanna dive right in. Wait, I just want to give everybody a peek behind the scenes because right before we started recording, Hammond was like looking through his notes. He's like, which one should I start with? And he sounded like a Disney villain, like concocting <laughs> his evil plan to bring down like the happy chipmunks or whatever those You're movies are about. You're lucky I'm not playing sound clips because that would open the door to even more crazy shit. But I'll start with... A different one. I want to be clear. The only reason we don't do sound clips is you're too lazy to That's do sound right. clips. Okay. That's right. Okay. So are clear. <laughs> it's not often that like Google alerts and all that stuff leads to like a local paper for us. Yeah. But uh, the Daily South Town, which serves the south suburbs of Chicago, showed up because I've someone never heard of that. Someone just mentioned atheist in like a letter to the editor, sort of thing, Uh-oh. which is usually a non-story for yeah. all. But I'm like, oh, what did all someone? Kinds write? of people hate us and write about it, <laughs> right? But I want to read you the entire letter. This is sent through like one of those public forums where you can call the local newspaper, speak your mind, sure. and they will transcribe it and put it in the paper. That's a thing. That's a thing. Is it common? I've never heard well, of that. Thank God I was not the Tribune if we had to do that. Could you imagine? This is Ugh. from uh, Mark with Mark. a C. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Marv <laughs> from Bridgeview. I'm going to read you his entire transcribed voicemail. Oh, God. Helen Mirren Uh-oh. won the... Oh, no. <laughs> won the... <laughs> and who the hell cares on the south side of Chicago? But all right. Helen Mirren won the Life Achievement Award at the Screen Actors Guild, and rightfully so. Even for her age of 77, she looks fantastic, very famous, very well-liked in Hollywood. Who could deny she deserves that award? Wait for it, wait for it. God. But do readers realize she is a self-proclaimed atheist? That's, That's true. Now that you know, do you still have the same respect for her? I didn't think so. Fucking best. She owns bones. She's in the fucking Fast and Furious franchise. Someone (laughs) had this thought that she's a wonderful actress. Wait, she said what in an interview one time somewhere? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find my local paper. Call them up, leave a voicemail, and then every editor at the paper is like, yep, no notes, transcribe it, slap it in, put it in the paper. There, I'm trying, I'm genuinely trying to think of like how many eyes had to be on that for it to go through. And everyone's like, yeah, fucking rubber stamp it. This is honestly, as far as I could tell, the only eyes on it were mine this morning. (laughs) It feels like something that was written in, like, the 1970s, doesn't it? Of, like, oh, the collapse of moral America. <laughs> it does, and it's... Oh, funny. It, also, Helen Mirren rules. <laughs> she, there's a really great clip of her from 
very early in her career where somebody like some dude was interviewing her and was literally just like, how can you be a good actress if your tits are so big? Literally like that was the like the alpha and omega of his statement. And she dressed him down in a beautiful way. Uh, I'm going to give you one more enjoyable one before we get to very serious stuff, okay. which is that, okay, for years now, Ken Ham, the creationist, has given like PowerPoint presentations everywhere he goes about why creationism is true and why the, Ark the, Encounter just is the awesome. one PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any problem with him giving the same lecture sure, to different sure. audiences, but in his slideshow, there's one slide that shows like, flags on like the mountain of secularism and these are the things we as christians have to fight against okay and, and it's based on the word of the bible blah 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 this is why genesis is okay literally well true. we don't atheists don't have a specific flag so i'm really interested to yeah, see I mean, how they're going to drag me into this they're generic <laughs> flags but they have like words on them so the words include like what are you fighting against secular worldview abortion, pornography. Oh, that's just dumb and boring. I and, thought they yeah. were trying to do something interesting. Um, And uh, there are some things on there where it's like, hmm, I, I'm with you. Like racism. Yes, mm. let us fight against that. Uh, L- uh, oh, he says LGBTQ. That is the flag. He so is, it's not LGBTQ. Like, right. Bigotry. No, no, no. He's saying we need to fight against need, yeah, LGBTQ. LGBTQ as a community. Um, cool. He recently added CRT, critical race theory, um, but is the reason I bring this up. Is anywhere in the country that is actually teaching anything that could be even considered race, critical race theory? No. Cool. Um, and then there are, a, the reason I bring this up is because it appears that he has updated this slide. Okay. Like recently. Because there are now like, <laughs> imagine the initial slide had like a few flags uh-huh. of big things like abortion that sure, we needed to fight scary. against if you're a Christian. Now this has 16 flags. There's, 16? There's no room for these anymore. But some of the newest things that they have to fight against, I just want to point this out. Woke. That's just, it. That's it. Just the word woke. Sure, absolutely. Just woke. Uh, mandates. What? Not even specific ones. Just mandates. That's... What? Which is separate from the gay part. Uh, uh, no. uh, and and the word oh, inclusion. Oh, I just got it. Man the word dates. inclusion. Women can date men. The word inclusion. Wow. He's against just the idea of being inclusive. Yeah. I'm not surprised. So I, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to react because, of course, <laughs> of course he thinks inclusion is yeah. bad. It doesn't say, like, we're including, like, trans people and how dare we as Christians allow this, which would be bad, but it's specific. This is just, nope, inclusion of all kinds oh, is wrong. So basically God. he's now mad about social awareness. Uh, he's mad about public health mm, and mm-hmm. taking care of it. And non-discrimination policies. Hate those. I guess those are my favorite. Um, also on the his flags, there's a uh, pedophilia, uh, social justice. <laughs> okay, um, so I think we're all anti-pedophilia. Yeah. I feel like that's not a real brave stand yeah. to take. Intersectionality, which I don't think he knows what that means. He absolutely doesn't know what it means. All it means to him is it's about women and it's about black people, and I hate them both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like, truly like all I can think of. I swear, of. I've stared at this picture and earlier, yeah, and earlier iterations of it, and it always makes me laugh because oh, it's. This is not <laughs> what I was expecting. At it's just all. a wild smorgasbord of any like Fox News segment. I was giving him so much credit because I had like actual interesting visual. No, it's like. 
um, uh, icons, like a. It looks like one of those old clip arts. That's a clip art. Is the word I was looking for, and they just drop like Times on New Roman on yeah. top of it. Yeah. Oh, it looks so bad and dumb. And it gets stupider because again, you have like we have to fight pedophilia and racism and woke. It's like God, this is I so just... stupid. Oh, oh boy. It's, it's so Which is, exhausting. by the way, like the ninth dumbest thing he did this week. But sure, and arguably the slide. least harmful thing he's ever he, done, but I'm still going to make fun he, of him for his dumb slides. He also unveiled this week Uh-oh. the uh, the architect's rendering of the new attraction at Ark Encounter, which will be the Tower of Babel. Babel, yeah. Yep, they now have an, uh, here's what it's going to look like when it's complete. What's the Traction part is um, it a ride I, no is maybe. it a tower literally actually i think i did see a picture of a ride truly which, i'm thinking hmm. of the giant drop from six flags great america <laughs> you know what i mean that. that's what i'm assuming it is it's like which, they go up to the top of the tower yeah. of Babel, and god speaks to them and they're like god we want to understand everybody else and he's and like then, fuck you and drops them back to earth i mean that would be a hell of a ride is that an accurate retelling of the story of the tower of verbatim Babel? That's how right. that's how Jesus said it in See, Genesis. I knew I never had to read the Bible. I've gotten that's along exactly great right. in the world. Uh, here, let's get to something horrific and serious. Oh no! Um, I was saving. Uh, I was having it, fun you know. with you. No, remember, sorry, we're done. Remember with when that I was now. laughing and no. smiling, and we're done with that now. <sighs> okay, here's the story. Yeah. In uh, 2018, a bunch of students had to cross this rural highway in Indiana to get to their bus stop. It's not a good road. It's not a good intersection. Yeah, it sounds like Indiana. Uh-huh. Uh, Fulton County, Indiana. I don't know where that is exactly. But school bus comes by. School bus does its thing where it stops and the arm goes out with the sure. stop sign. Some driver did not see it. Kept no. driving. Hits a bunch of kids. Three of them die. Fuck. Three siblings, by the way. Jesus. Oh, my God. A fourth kid who's not related gets severely injured but lives. Three kids in the same Awful. family. Awful tragedy. Uh, and if it's local, like, this is one of those things. You absolutely heard about this story because local news, of course, they cover that. Oh, my God. It affects the whole community. So, was it an accident? Yes, it was. Oh, uh, tragic accident, but also it was reckless on the driver's part. Of course. It's so, actually uh, not that far from us, Fulton County. It's okay. kind of in like central, east, uh, northish Indiana. Okay. So, the woman who did it, she was 24. Her name is Alyssa Shepard. And oh, in about a year later, they completed the trial, the sentencing, and all that. And they basically, the judge, I think prosecutors asked for like a 20 plus year sentence and the judge brought it down to 10 years judge said you're going to spend four years in jail three years in in your house and you can't leave basically oh, okay and three years of probation jokes on her she was gonna have to do that anyway in 2020 <laughs> right so 10 year sentence four of those years are behind bars okay um that was 2019 um and again that was like that was seriously lower than what prosecutors were hoping for, but that's how judges work. Sure. You'd, you'd complain, Do you happen to know, was there any, anything worth knowing? Was she under the influence of anything? Was she sleep deprived? No. Like anything? As far as I could just tell, a terrible, it was tragic accident. terrible, tragic accident, no criminal history. It was reckless. Oh, and that's the God. thing. Like, uh, people online clearly are like, that's it. One year for the kids she hit pretty much. Oh, that's what it was. It's like, that's it. And it's like, it was an accident. No yeah. one's denying that, but it was stupid. Why aren't you paying attention to the road sort of thing? That was the problem. Okay. So that's okay. why she got a lenient sentence. Here's the part of the story I want to bring up. 
Um, so she was not because, you know, uh, if you are a good, quote unquote, good prisoner, you can get a reduced sentence even mm-hmm. beyond whatever you get. Mm-hmm. She was slated. Psychopaths are really good at that shit, by the way. So <laughs> prison is great. No notes. Prison. Yeah. If you're a good prisoner, you're not causing them problems, yeah. you can get your sentence reduced. Yeah. And she was actually slated to leave prison this September, which I think would have made it like a few months shy of four years. Mm-hmm. So she would have gotten out early, but not insanely early. By a couple months. Yeah. Um, so she got out this week. And it kind of came as a surprise, it seems, to everyone involved. Because her release date, unlike the Department of Corrections website, just suddenly went from like September mm-hmm. to, oh, today. And the news oh, is like, okay. she got released to her family this morning at like 6, 7 a.m. But still to house arrest? Uh, still, yes, okay. to the next phase of her okay, sentencing. Okay, so it's not like she's... But not behind bars. And it's like, what? How did you just knock six months yeah. off of your sentence for this thing? Uh-huh. And the answer that we know... Oh, no. Here's the answer. Shepard took a Bible study course called Plus Faith 2.0, Criminal Lifestyle, Attitudes, and Behavior. It's a Bible study uh, that I guess is geared toward criminals. I could find no information online about the course, about what it covers, what people are supposed to take away from it. There's no, I mean, there's no curriculum online, but I couldn't even find anything about the title. But anyway, she took a Bible study course. They said, cool, you're with Jesus now. Six months off your sentence. Bye-bye. Uh, uh, I just... Okay. Okay. Organizing my thoughts. Yes. Okay. While you were doing I that. Do, no, no, no. I've yes. got them. Okay. okay. This woman who we've heard nothing from her point of view, so I'm not going to pretend to like yeah. speak for her. I'm putting myself in her position if I did something reckless and stupid and fucking killed people. It's truly like my number one biggest fear fear is accidentally killing somebody. It's like the thing that keeps me up at night because I do not know how I deal with that. Assuming she has a regular conscience, hopefully she feels the same. I think that she absolutely deserved to be punished somewhat. I I think intent has a lot to do with things like that and whatever. Um, I also do, I want to be clear. I do not blame her for taking advantage of this loophole that I have no problem with any, no. Like if you're her and yeah. you knew that a Bible class, would I get would do six the exact off. same fucking right. thing. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I could go in as myself as like the atheist person and take it. I would take as many Bible cl- courses if I had to, as I had to, to get out of there. The problem is a, the prison system is fucked which is just sort of an overarching thing. But B, the fact that our country has decided that like anytime you touch or refer to or be near a Bible, you are a better person on the other side of it. And it simply does not play out in the real world. Yeah. And that's the takeaway. That was my takeaway on this, where it's like, what did you learn in the course that supposedly atones for anything you did? Because we know nothing about the course. Yeah. And we don't know if there are any alternatives. Like if you're Muslim... And you're in prison for the same thing, or an atheist, or a Satanist, and you're in prison for the same thing she did, Mm -hmm. and you didn't want to take the Bible study because you're honest and that's not your thing. Is there some other type of course like that that you could take to get six months off your four-year sentence, which Mm -hmm. is a good chunk of it? Yeah. And the answer is they didn't answer that question. I have no idea what the answer is, and that's the part that troubled me more because it's like... Do other prisoners get the same option, or is this a Christian-only, like, perk? 
I, I think that one of the many, 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 many problems with the prison system is they cannot figure out how to apply anything consistently <laughs> anywhere. And I truly think that that's the main problem because when they do mandatory minimums, they only apply that to poor people. But when they just let judges go by their own discre- discretion, you have the Brock. Brock Turner, was that his name? Yeah. The rapist? Yeah. Like, you have that kind of thing, and I just Where he clearly did... Admitted the admitted thing. to raping somebody, and then it's like, all right. Well, I don't want you to ruin your future. Right. So right. jail would do that, so you're free to go because you're a good white boy who's a good swimmer, I guess. I don't know. But, like, I think the same thing, in my understanding um, from an outsider, obviously, is that a similar thing happens inside prison so everything is arbitrary everything is to the discretion of the individual and like people are terrible and will make terrible decisions and sometimes they're like abusive and sometimes they're bullshit like this that's like uh well i'm christian and so i think only christians are good people so i'm gonna make everybody here a christian and that's how they're gonna be good people like i did it's go just on the people website making shit up as they go along i went on the website for the indiana department of corrections and they did say we do offer courses uh one because i mean in theory we do want to help you uh rehabilitate yourself and mm. do well if and when you get out of here so they have life courses that anyone uh-huh. can take and that's all well and good sure the Bible study was on a generic Bible study was on the list. They, I did not see an alternative for non-Christians on there, but also I couldn't find this course on there. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're not sh- revealing every option. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I should point out, I think I said it came as a surprise that she got released. It wasn't a shock to everybody. People knew that she had taken this Bible study class and it could reduce her sentence. Uh-huh. It just seemed to come as a shock to the media. Like, oh shit, she's out today. Uh, but her fa- the sure. family member, a family member of the victims mm-hmm. released a statement uh, once they found out about this a while back. And they said to this day, she has not taken responsibility for ah. her actions, has never even apologized for killing our children. What? I mean, I don't know what she was supposed to do if she just decided to keep her mouth shut after this, but okay. Has never shown remorse for her actions. She received a six-month reduction in her sentence for simply completing a Bible study class, which we feel was absurd. Which Okay, well, you I, really need to tell me more information before I sound like an asshole and say that, well, I, I'm sure she feels very bad and, like, whatever. Like, I she's don't being know. a dick that has other... I just want to point... I feel like there's a difference between saying she wrote a letter to the family, which she could have done but did not, right. versus saying, I don't want to speak about this or I'm traumatized and I just want to, I don't know, move on. Sure. If you're her, I don't know what her deal is. But anyway, that was the family's take. They're not happy about the Bible study reducing her sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, uh, from a purely, I mean, that's the ethical side of it. Like why this, did this person really feel remorse for what they did or is Jesus just a get out of jail free card? I think it's very obvious that Jesus is a get out of jail. Separately the church state separation side of this, which is, oh, is it just, is it just the Christian Mm -hmm. side of this that allowed her to get six months off and non-Christians? Do they get the same opportunity to do this for the same crime? Because I still haven't heard a good response from anyone involved on like the Indiana Corrections side of things. So Ugh. that's all I know right now. What a terrible story. You're welcome. Oh my that's God. That's what I'm here for. Let's this. go back to the wokeism thing because, mm. because according to the Christian hate group, the Illinois Family Institute, our buddies in and around um, the suburbs of Chicago, um, they were talking about 
uh, Russia and Putin, and they were saying what Russia is doing is horrible. And yes, uh, that's that's all well and good. I'm I glad. Feel like a big butt is coming. Yeah. Um, it, here's something they posted on their website, and this is from one of their advisory council members, Thorin Anderson, who is a local uh, reverend. Um, I'm just going to read two paragraphs here for you from this very short article they posted. Uh, it's quite difficult to see anything good coming from this war, but oh. we, we must recall that God still reigns. I like big butts and I yeah, cannot yeah. lie. We must recall that God still reigns and for his own reasons allows evil men from time to time to manifest to the world how wicked the unchecked human heart is. And in case you're wondering, he is talking about Putin. So surprise, there you go. But here's the next bit. If there's any silver lining in the event, it may be this. The entire world, and especially people in the United States, are witnessing the natural result of socialism. Wait for it. I'm not done yet. What? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Carrie, Black Lives Matter, wokeism, Biden's and the Democratic Party's objectives to their logical conclusion, and you will find yourself in Mr. Putin's neighborhood. There's more, but that's the point. I think I blacked out after you yeah. said socialism. I, I, oh my Apparently, God. Putin okay. invading Ukraine is the slippery slope logical progression of black people fighting for civil rights. Oh, see. And wait, can you reread? Can yeah. you reread it for me? I want, I want to try to absorb it this time. Yeah. Carry Black Lives Matter, wokeism, Biden's and the Democratic Party's objectives to their logical conclusion, mm. and you will find yourself in Mr. Putin's neighborhood. Wowee. Because Putin, as you know, is a huge proponent of uh, wokeism. And social justice. And social justice. Do you remember in... And everything Joe Biden supports. Yeah, do you remember in 2014 or 12 or whatever when Putin said there was no gay people in Russia? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. So... Was that him? I, I think that was I wouldn't him. put it behind him. I think that was him. Um, but his allies okay. in, like, uh, other countries, they have definitely purged gay people who Sh live in oh, the country. So this Christian leader thinks... <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this is in the next paragraph. It may be that enough Americans connect the dots. Socialism, despite all protestations to the contrary, will finally be understood for what it is the horse upon which modern tyrants ride to power. And if that sounds like improper grammar and English, that was him and not me. Well, we all blame you a little yes. bit. Um, okay, so in this man's universe, yes. people need to, in the first part, was people need to learn that there is evil out there. Yes, and only God can fix it. And only God can fix it. And so instead of God somehow telling people hey there's really shitty people out there and you should try to be better because in theory i think that's what like christianity is all about mm -hmm. um but instead god was like you know what i'm gonna do like a decade of saber rattling i'm going to elect somebody as president of the united states to prop up putin as much as we can and make sure he knows we're on his side and then Putin is going to invade a country because they just want it back for 
no specific reason. They just think they've earned it by existing because Russia is very small and really yes. shrinking every day. So mm-hmm. really they need that. But like all of those things happen. So you and I can sit on our fat white asses. My white, yes. my yes. fat ass is white. Yes. Your fat ass is brown. Mm-hmm. And watch it on on CNN and be like, oh, yeah, there are bad people out there. Mm-hmm. That's God's plan. Yes. Also, he hates Black Lives Matter. Well, they don't to him. So, of course, I don't know. I don't know where the confusion was on your part there. <laughs> so this is uh, one more story here because we're still on the uh, wokeism half of the podcast. Mm. So we talked last week, I think, about how this Republican atheist group attended CPAC for, again. They bought a booth. Wait, did we talk about it? I think we did. Oh. Uh, Republican group Atheists for Liberty. They get a booth at CPAC, one of their... Uh, like advisory board members pays I for the love opportunity. atheists trying to be Republicans. Like yeah. they don't want you guy. <laughs> they don't want you as part of their team. Well, the conversation we had before is in the past when Silverman led American atheists, mm. his argument for going to CPAC was there are Republic, there are atheists in the Republican party. Uh, even though they're talking heads or conservative Christians. And we want to reach out to them because outreach is good. And the what reason do you think about that, yeah, we'll, we'll get oh, to okay, that. Okay. 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 So, and now they're going to CPAC him, Silverman, not American atheist. Silverman is going as part of this new Republican atheist for Liberty group mm-hmm. because they are part of CPAC and they enjoy CPAC and the conservative like crazies that go to CPAC. Mm-hmm. This is now their jam. And so they're not going there to spread reason. They're going there to recruit members. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I think we talked about it, but they this did this. This does not sound like something they we talked there. about, but I bet I had opinions if we did. I'm Yes, <laughs> you did, and we did. So anyway, they did that a couple weeks ago. It went exactly as you'd expect, where it's like... Poorly. It, yeah, they're trying to get their members, and they're talking to the types of people that... The type of people who go to CPAC. Yeah. Okay, oh, my God. Here's the reason I bring all this up. Tell Apparently, me. at CPAC where conservative Christians and those mega people are all over the place. Mm -hmm. Someone must have invited Dave to do an interview on their show. And he must have said yes, because this week Silverman appeared, wait for it, on InfoWars. Whoa. Uh Uh-huh. The Alex Jones propaganda Sandy Hook, like, didn't happen conspiracy he went on there. But like as a contrarian, right? Like the way he went on <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, right? So this is the question I want to bring up. So uh, it wasn't Alex Jones that day. It was a different host that they spoke to. Sure. Um, her name is uh, Christy Lee. But anyway. A woman? Yes. Uh, they exist. <laughs> Conservative <laughs> mega women, yes, women exist. <laughs> so she was the host. She invited Dave. She basically said... Um, I'm going to read you the opening because she gave a little introduction for her viewers. Before you do that, uh, for context, did he like remote in or did this happen at CPAC? Uh, He remoted in. Okay. So it wasn't like, will you come into this room and be on this show? Okay. Uh, She said, we're welcoming in Dave Silverman of Atheist for Liberty. He is a 25-year atheist activist, TV radio personality, Mm. victim of cancel culture. Uh Uh-oh. Which is a weird way to talk about being accused of sexual misconduct by Uh multiple women. A former, former, former woke leftist, he says, 
and now a libertarian. I'm, oh, fuck yeah. you, Dave Silverman. You're a libertarian now? <laughs> Hold on. Jesus Christ. Um, and, and the very end of that was, you know, they met I at CPAC. I par- so much. I'm paraphrasing here. She said, I didn't get to talk to you at CPAC, but I did call you up. She said, quote, you were all too willing to come on. Which that word of that phrase. Okay, girl, uh-huh. don't call his ass out like uh, that. She oh, said, dude, this is great. She said, I called myself the Jesus freak of InfoWars, and you were like, hey, that's fine. I'll talk to you. So, very cool on that. We were just talking about unity, and that's how she introduces him. Okay, so here's the thing Dave Silverman has appeared on like Bill O'Reilly famously as a contrarian to push back against the crazy stuff O'Reilly and Fox News was saying about atheists. He did that multiple times. It's one of the reasons they call him a TV radio personality. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's kind of his job when he was leading American atheists, which I think you could make an argument that part of your job when you are self-described activist, someone, it's not just speaking to your tribe and trying to, motivate them and spreading your message it's like pete Buttigieg going on fox news it's sometimes you have to reach a different audience that isn't used to hearing you Mm -hmm. and try to be a voice of reason so maybe there's someone watching who might come on board i think there are arguments for and against that and listen i have spoken at churches trying to be a contrarian voice so like if you want to be mad at him for going on Fox News. You could, you'll, you'll be mad at me too. Yeah. Because I've done that specifically. I have gone to places where I would have been the lone outside voice. And this is the argument with the Bill Nye thing you mentioned. When he debates Ken Ham about evolution and creation, sure. the argument that I made among many people was like, don't do that. You're granting legitimacy to his position. And giving him a platform. And giving him a platform using your voice. Mm-hmm. And also, Bill Nye didn't need your platform. Like, you're getting, Bill Nye, you're getting taken advantage of. Yeah. Then again, someone going on Fox News, they arguably have the bigger platform, so it's an easier justification. Sure. So here's the question about InfoWars. One is, is there any reason you could go on InfoWars, even as a contrarian? Would that be a wise uh, use of your time? Mm -hmm. You're in a rhetorical sense. Mm -hmm. And also... That's not why he went. He wasn't cutting down all the InfoWars propaganda. He was there. I mean, he said a lot of the stuff. Anyone who's heard him for a long time, uh, you would expect him to say. He talked about being an atheist, how there's (laughs) nothing wrong with that. I heard all that. There's a lot of that. I'm like, uh, there's nothing weird about him saying that. But none of it was saying like, you know, you guys push a lot of conspiracy theories and you're nuts. There was none of that. It was very much a, you've invited me into your home. I will be a good guest. I will answer your questions and tell you my perspective on this. But also the bottom line is this atheist who found all, enough commonalities with the people at InfoWars that he's like, yeah, let's talk about unity on here. He goes on there and basically says, there's a lot we agree on. This is what we disagree on. And trying to make an outreach on behalf of Atheist for Liberty to the InfoWars audience. And again, this is the same question I asked at CPAC. I get that you think outreach to people who don't normally hear your message is the goal here. Mm -hmm. I think in their minds, that's what they're doing. But also, why the hell would you want to recruit people who go to CPAC? If you want to recruit Republicans or conservatives, there are ways to do that that doesn't involve 
the crazy people. Right. There are ways to like, but going to Infowars where it's specifically a right wing extremist conspiracy theory outlet mm-hmm. and not just saying all of you are batshit crazy in eloquent words. Uh-huh. What? Why? What is the point of that? I don't know. What is there any argument to make to say, yep, that was a good idea because I couldn't think of one off the top of my head. Um, I have a few questions yeah. before I give my many thoughts. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about Atheists for Liberty? Like, is this, and the reason I ask is, is this a an actual capital J job? Is he making his salary off no, it? No, he is the okay. head of their advisory board, I believe. There is uh, one person uh, who basically runs the group as their president. It's okay. his group. He's a, you remember Charlie Kirk who runs the conservative uh, outlet like Turning Point. Yeah, it yeah, recruits yeah. college extremist Republican types. The Falkirk guy. Uh, yeah, the Falkirk guy. Uh, the guy who runs Atheist for Liberty used uh-huh. to run one of that guy's groups, and now he's like, now I'm going to oh, do this one. Okay. And basically, their whole thing is we must challenge wokeism. Sure. Um, he. Oh, also, this is something Silverman talked about when he was on Infowars, and this is so far kind of the only real thing they've done. When it comes to vaccine mandates, they've made a real push to say atheists deserve equality. Therefore, atheists who don't want to get vaccinated should also be allowed to say no to mandates just like religious people, which is a weird way of fighting for equality by pushing everyone to crazy town. When you could have said religious exemptions to vaccine mandates are wrong, Nope, they didn't go that route. They went with atheists deserve to be exempt so that COVID can spread. That was their decision. Okay. So that's what Silverman was promoting on there. Uh, to answer your question, what is Atheist for Liberty? It's basically a Republican-friendly uh, atheist, group. atheist group that has, I don't know how many members. I don't know how much money because they're relatively new. Mm-hmm. They don't have a staff. It's one dude. As far as I can tell, I don't think he gets paid. Um, but they're tr- Silverman's whole thing is he'll go on every interview sure. site he can go to and say, this is the only group in organized atheism universe that is doing real activism. Oh, Christ. Right. A fucking because crutch. they Dave, fight liberals. Jesus and, Christ, Dave. Yeah. Who the fuck do you think you are right now? Every other group out there is just doing nothing I all lo- day. I just lost the last shred of like... <laughs> He was always really nice to me. I that just left nice my heart because, like, obviously, oh, I believe everybody and whatever. But there's always that kind of thing of like, that sucks. He was nice to me, whatever. I but cannot like, tell you how many conversations I've had privately with people who are like, "What happened?" And also conversations that I've had from people who are like, "No, he's kind of always been like this." But once he didn't have to feel like he was representing a group. It's like, all right, now you can let it all fly. Oh, oh, you mean in terms of being because if you're representing, I, I yeah, thought you meant you in terms of like how he treats women. Um, <laughs> you can lean in on all your contrarian views because that's kind of the thing about this this atheist group in particular, which is they think being contrarian is the cool thing to do, no matter what. I would. And not about letting evidence guide you or reason guide you. I would absolutely love to see an image of all the people who are in that group. And by all the people, I mean 
all the white men in that group. Almost entirely. Oh, yeah? What's the, um, what do we, what do we have, like? Uh, if you look at their advisory board, it's uh, not the most diverse crowd. And also, they would say to you, how dare you count up diversity quotas or something. Um, what do you mean, how dare I type in diversity quotas? White men have been running shit forever and look their, at the world. Their advisory it's terrible. Board, this world is awful. Their advisory board includes Peter, uh, Peter Bogosian, who is basically known for Another lying, dude. What, well, well, he was lying always... about like uh, academic papers <gasps> to try to get published. Really? I mean, I mean, I know he's gone off the full deep end vis-a-vis He basically like, thinks anti-woke. all feminist studies and stuff is all bullshit. And so he made up his own stuff and the right loves him. There's James Lindsay, uh, who advises Southern Baptists who want to be uh, racist and against critical race theory. Ron Lindsay, who was formerly the head of like Center for Inquiry, who uh, is not a fan of like feminism. Sure. Michael Sherlock, uh, who basically insulted people using the R word. Uh, oh, that guy. That you got guy. on a, Michael a Shermer, uh, who was accused You mean of... my nemesis, Michael Shermer? Who, I forgot. He was my... isn't your nemesis? No, no, no. Michael Shermer is specifically my nemesis, which was a bit I've been doing for years and years and years, and I forgot about it until just uh-huh. now. But basically, they're all, all of these people. I can all tell my them. Michael Shermer story in the bonus episode. Okay. All of them are basically their thing now is we fight against cancel culture, which isn't a thing, and feminism and wokeness and... Yeah. We publish our grievance politics in Quillette, which thinks phrenology is, I don't know. And Joe Rogan, don't, long story, long story. Joe Rogan is always just asking questions and he's awesome. Like, that's all of their vibe. And it led to Silverman going on InfoWars. It's so embarrassing. Okay. Okay. I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore other than that headline. Listen, just... rants are fun, right? You should rant more. I'm normally the like primary <laughs> ranter on this podcast, but sometimes it's let I it think out. The, let question, out. the question I wanted emotion. to ask is this is there any justification for going on any of these outlets? And again, if you ask me, is there any reason someone should go on Fox News? I could make an argument to say yeah. you are reaching an audience of mostly crazy people, but there are some, you're also reaching millions of people. Mm-hmm. And in that crowd, there are bound to be sure. a lot of people a lot of large numbers. receptive to your message and who do want to see the back and forth. And honestly, if you are really like the liberal uh, token liberal in a certain panel or something, you're probably going to get play beyond just that moment. It'll go sure. online. People will talk about it. That, is valuable to an extent. Well, and you never know when a viral moment is going to happen right. and like you just reach the right audience. But comparing that to going on a conspiracy network not known for being conspiracy and reaching not the Fox News audience, but reaching specifically the conspiracy for the right of Fox. People. Yeah, like I who are you trying to reach and even if you succeeded what did you do? I think his idea of success is I want these people who are watching to become members of this new group I advise, mm-hmm. not I want you to become uh, atheists and therefore you will be more reasonable because that's not what the tenor of the interview was. Good news. Like, why is this? You could go to a flat earth conference and say, like, yeah, we're here to spread reason. Yeah. But unless you're there saying, no. what the hell is wrong with all of you? And you say, look, we got 100 new members. Yeah, but they're all flat earthers. Mm-hmm. Why are you proud of this? I don't understand that logic. And it doesn't, I, even if you're Silverman and you're trying to be strategic, 
as an advisor to this group, yep. going on an outlet that caters to the far right conspiracy theorists. And I, again, if you're him treating that like, yes, I'm honored to be on your platform and let me talk about the work I'm doing. Who are you trying to reach at this point? Because these are not the people who are going to be receptive to, to reason, science, anything like that. Hey, man. Wow, I've. This is more flustered than I've ever seen. It this made me line. so mad to see him on there. Like, it would make me mad to see him at this point in general. But, yeah. like, on there? Yeah. What are you doing? By the way, there is a clip. I posted this on Twitter. Mm-hmm. There is a clip of the host of the show that he's on saying, all right, we got to take a break right now. We'll be right back. We'll continue this conversation after this. Cut to Alex Jones selling creepy, like, this will cure you yes, of... Yes, cure you of, of whatever. parasites take, take or whatever. this pill and do whatever, man. Toxins. Oh. Feminine toxins. You have to get them out. Drink this tapeworm. No yes. notes. Okay. Good news. Have a sip of wine, because I have a lot. I, I have a lot of thoughts. And first of all, I really want to... Th- this is the most, like, emotional you've ever gotten, and you're not being emotional, but, like... <laughs> You, I, I just don't see you get like this very much over something that's ultimately. I apologize not- to the ad I'm about to read <laughs> coming after this. Okay. Um, I have so many thoughts, and I've written them. To- Look at these notes that I took. Do they make sense to you? They take no. some- make sense to nobody. Okay. It looks like the spider web like conspiracy diagram, which <laughs> seems appropriate. If only I had red yarn. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing I want to say is that uh, you know it's been it's been ten years since. The reason rally since I would say kind of the peak of the new atheist movement. Um, and I think that our, our, when I say our, I mean just the general atheism community. I'm so sorry if you can hear crackling. My dog is playing with a plastic bunny that she's obsessed with. Which um, in hindsight was a very stupid idea before the podcast started. What? Okay. It, <laughs> she talking. never plays Keep with talking. it. Keep she talking. only plays with loud things when you're here because she's mm-hmm. showing off for you. Um, so it back then it was very much a thing of like we need to get the word out that atheists exist and they're with you and they're alongside you and they're not evil and we need to get more people on our side which is i think in an early part of any kind of movement is a good and uh, important first step however we're not in 2012 anymore and a lot about the world has changed um, I, I think that most atheists are not concerned with converting people into atheism. The only thing, in my opinion, most atheists are concerned about is, you know, laws that are fair and don't prize Christians over anybody else. Let me add to that a little bit. There are atheists who do like the debate and the philosophical, and they do want to argue and they do want to make of you course. into an atheist. I would say the the focus of the activism mm. by the bigger national organizations has definitely been on fighting for religious equality, right. including atheists and things right. like that, not on conversion. Right. And so I think if I had to wager a guess, I would think he is still kind of in that mindset. And I think also... The guy running that Atheist for Liberty group uh-huh. has explicitly said... That's the case. Oh, because I wrote down might makes right. And I think that that's what they firmly believe. I think if they have enough numbers behind them, they'll be able to get whatever whatever they need passed. I think that's a fool's errand, especially if you're talking to the fucking Republicans. Um, but I think the big difference between 
2012 and now is like, you know, the expression like the Democratic Party is a big tent. Mm -hmm. I don't know that atheism is or should be or can be a big tent anymore. I don't think atheism is a single issue in much of the country. I think still like in conservative areas in the South, you know, things like that. Obviously, it still is in a lot of ways, but just like in the sort of the public zeitgeist there are atheist characters on tv there's gay right. characters on tv nobody's like oh, there's people who don't believe in god because truly 10 15 20 years ago there are people who are like i have never i have had people tell me i have never met a person who doesn't believe in god before mm-hmm. so i think just getting the name atheist out there we're past that people know what atheism is but i, I think he's still stuck in first gear he's yeah. still stuck in stuck in the recruiting aspect and when he has alienated himself from the real atheist community he has (laughs) to find other people and pluck them out of like these horrible places that they're like yeah they're atheists but they also believe that the earth is flat or that george bush flew the plane into the (laughs) towers like i'll i'll piggyback on some of that which is i think in terms of activism a lot of the people who came into who are our age and came into this movement because they were really intent on Mm -hmm. trying to get people to turn into atheists. A lot of the ones who became like full-time activists in Uh that sense and worked with groups to kind of do that. A lot of them, a lot of them have shifted to different types of groups. They're still activists because they've always cared about this sort of thing, but some of them work for LGBTQ rights groups. They work for uh, abortion rights groups, other type of cause-related issues. I mean, I think if I got into professional activism, I would go into something like that. Yeah, that's the extension of what they got involved with in the first place. And it's like, okay, yeah, atheists are out there. The name is out there. I'm not, I don't care if you are or not. But now that you're here, what are you going to do with it? And they're like, well, I hate when religion is used as a weapon. And Mm -hmm. that's what they're doing in all these states against trans people, against women right now, against all pregnant people, whatever it is. But if he doesn't care about trans people or women, then why does he care about what Christianity is doing to them? Yeah. And why are you making bed partners or whatever the phrase is with people? Bedfellows. Bedfellows. Like, why are you going to CPAC and encouraging people Mm -hmm. as part of a group that supports Republicans? Uh, Why are you supporting Republicans who have made it very clear Mm -hmm. that Christian nationalism is part of their agenda Mm -hmm. and the worst aspects of that, too. Like, you're not getting reasonable Republicans elected. You're not fighting for that. When you say we want to get conservatives elected or whatever, you're fighting for Christianity and, like, a conservative, nasty, extremist version of it. Mm -hmm. So it just, that aspect of it makes no sense. And I think you're right. Like, when you've alienated so many of the activists you used to work with, Mm -hmm. where are you going to find new people who will take you seriously and respect that you speak with authority and actually listen to you? You have to go to different areas, turns out, they're, like... You have to go to the bottom of the barrel now. Here's what I think is extremely interesting is why, Hemet, you personally, why are you an atheist activist? Am I? I think we can arguably say we are both activists in some I think stripe. the thing or that why are you a professional motivated? atheist? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no universe where you can't say you're a fucking I, professional atheist. Initially, initially, I thought that, you know what, for me, becoming an atheist, mm-hmm. which I did kind of on my own without anyone kind of leading me yeah, down Yeah, we've all that read road. your fucking book, Hemant. No one read my book. I read your book. No, you didn't. I did. I have it on the shelf. Anyway. I did. <laughs> one of the things is like, I feel okay. like that's the first like big decision I made on my own, and that was empowering. And you're 23. 20- um, 
I was like 14 or something. Like that was the oh, first. Oh, I didn't realize you were that young. I don't remember. Didn't read my book back. It's been 10 years. Um, but it's like I made that decision on my own and I felt like, oh, I feel like I finally understand things. And I didn't, no one told me to think this way. And it felt taboo and it was cool. And also I felt like if you could get people to realize religion wasn't real or mm-hmm. they didn't have to believe in God, that was kind of the head of the critical thinking monster. And they would start thinking logically about kind of all these other things. So right. like, do I care about astrology or Bigfoot? No, not really. But God's kind of the big head of the mountain, like mm-hmm. head of the monster. You get rid of that one, they'll start believing critically, uh, logically about all these other things too. Clearly that's not the case. Plenty of people don't believe of in course. God per se and believe in a ton of stupid shit. But when but, I started working with groups, it's like, okay, you know what? Now it's, I want to make sure atheists can find community, find each other, because it is hard to find atheists. Mm-hmm. And at some point it's like, okay, well now we exist and it's not really a challenge to find other people. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do with that power? Well, let's get lobbyists on Capitol Hill, res- like well, representing I mean, for us. for what? Right. So to church-state separation matters because mm-hmm. so many bad policies for me, hinge mm-hmm. on the idea that we're ignoring church-state separation, that religion is used to guide policies instead of data. In, in place of, of and morals. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of became a thing, and that's still one of the driving things. It's showing people how religion hurts us, that sure. it is not a virtue to believe in God. And it's not that people who believe are bad. Mm-hmm. I do think they're wrong. But again, in terms of what am I complaining about, it's that here are people who believe in God and are doing bad things as a result of it. And if you're reading anything I wrote, I don't care if you're an atheist or you're religious, hopefully all of those people can look at what I wrote, I hope, and say, okay, I agree what this person did was wrong and their interpretation of Christianity was if you're Christian mm. was wrong, but it, honestly, if I hope if you do that enough and you see that so many times a day for so many years on end, mm-hmm. you can start to realize, oh, it's not like one type of Christian that's the problem here. It's kind of the whole thing. Yeah. It's the whole religion barrel that's the problem here. It's the baby and the bathwater. And if and if you end up losing your faith in God as a result of that, great, that's on your time. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not keeping a tally board somewhere. But that's kind of the thing that's still motivating me. I hope people listening to this podcast, you hear some of this and you hear some of the things we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And even if you do believe in God, you're saying, okay, well, I'm with you when you react to these stories. Right. I am with you on that. And you know what? At some point, good. You know what? Even if you believe in God, fine. Help me help the groups that are fighting on this stuff. Right. And support those issues, you know, or fight against the other issues or whatever it is. That's the thing that keeps me motivated. Yeah. So I really don't get why a guy who spent decades working as an activist, working for so many of the things I thought were worth fighting for, is now like, yep, CPAC, sure. Feminism is like cancel culture is happening at colleges. Yeah, I believe that. That's totally a thing that's going on. Like, how are you totally on board with all these like right-wing fear-mongering campaigns do you not see the bullshit that is inherent in all this stuff (sighs) that's the thing that i don't understand that aspect of it i don't get this group and this group is tiny whatever yeah but it's just the idea that he's trying to lend his credibility they're trying to bring on board to Mm -hmm. their advisory board a bunch of other people known for spreading atheism who have also taken these weird right-wing turns and they'll all insist they're not conservative they're not right-wing but whatever, I mean, one of the ones in particular, I think uh, James Lindsay, 
uh, who is an atheist, but I like there a are ladies name are yet. Artic- are there any women? Yeah, I'm sure one or two, but like Christian groups use their arguments mm. to help advance their Christian agenda. And these people see no problem with any of that. <sighs> like, don't you realize if the bad people are using you as their like citation, maybe you've done something wrong. Okay. Oh my God. I have so many thoughts. Here we go. Um, Hemant, we've been doing this podcast for a gajillion years. Yes. We really infrequently fundamentally disagree. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Like once in a while, I will yell at you for being wrong. Yes. It's not that often. By the way, when we were talking about going on Fox News or going on Infowars, oh, yeah, yeah. we used to invite people who disagreed with us. Oh, absolutely. Because we thought this is a valuable exchange of ideas. Well, and maybe and in 2014 it was. Maybe. Maybe there was maybe. more intellectual on it. So what I, <laughs> here's what I'm always going to come back to is like my whole fucking thing is intellectual honesty. I And that's just like when I say things, I say them because I genuinely truly believe them to be true or believe that they're relevant. Not just because I'm trying to win the argument. Yeah. I yeah. do. To be clear, love winning an argument. And I rarely enter in the ones that I won't win. But I I think there are other people who just who want to be right more than they want to be kind or helpful. Because I think you and I, you're arguably pretty nice. No. I'm a very kind person. Like mm-hmm. I'm mean to a lot of people, but like I try to be a kind and understanding person and really try to like figure out somebody's point of view to figure out what's going on because I want to get to the truth of the matter. I want to find the thing that is going to help the most people, not just the thing that makes me right. Again, if I'm right, bonus points. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from what I am hearing from you, what I've read on my own, I think you're, you know, you're David Silverman's, you're Michael Shermer, my nemesis. You are more interested in fame, power, money, control. <laughs> I, I truly think that. I think that they, I think Dave Silverman was like, well, I'm no longer the president of this thing. I need to find a new group to, not to say he's like a cult leader, but like, this is what I know how to do. I know how to like be the spokesperson. I just need to amass new followers. And these yeah. people, these leftists hate me now. So well, they're the bad guy. That's and the so thing about I'm this gonna... advisory board where they've been cast out of like liberal circles where mm-hmm. they might have been popular. And all of a sudden they got welcomed into these like, I'm not saying all right wing, but it's like a group that's Mostly very sympathetic right-wing. to right wing. But whatever you want to call the cancel culture crowd. They, those people love them and they're yeah. like, yes, I will embrace everything this group does wholeheartedly. Right. right. And it's, do you not realize that when you're on the same side of all these issues as the people you fought against, it's, it should send off red flags to all of these people. It seems to me it all he not. is doing is trying to increase awareness of himself and the word atheist and I don't understand what he is trying to accomplish in a good way. And I want to say this. He might, this be, is, he, he might hear this. Because, because he might, but there is an argument to be made. He might, if I were in his shoes, sure. he might say something like, you can call me up right now. We can have this discussion. And part of me is thinking, there's nothing I want to hear from you. I don't have anything to say. 
Like this is just just ranting. Yeah. It's not. It is rhetorical in a Listen, sense. It's hard to be. Let it's not down. about him. It's hard to be let down by somebody you trusted and looked up to. So that's one thing. The second thing is like I don't give a shit what he is doing. The third thing is like I don't need more racist and sexist atheists. We have so many already. So let's not try to. Board. I mean fucking serious and here's what i think is the most interesting and this is kind of my one of my craziest weird notes that i that i wrote is that it seems to me that we all kind of got into this thing that we do right talking shit about christianity or whatever our dumb job is we we all got got into it because we and this is a, obviously a big broad brush but we didn't like the fact that christians told everybody else how to live that Christi- Christianity in the United States, at least, is the default. And if you don't believe it, there's something wrong with you and this world isn't for you. Right? I mean, that's kind of how a lot I think a lot of people feel. And, and certainly felt before this sort of new atheist movement happened. Um, but now it seems to me that uh, Dave is linking up with the people who have those same Christian values, the same Christian nationalistic values, those same Christian moral values, but are like, he's linking up with them. And he's like, I think he thinks he's going to talk some sense into them. And it's like, dude, if anything, if they voted you, for Donald Trump twice, I don't know if there is any way to talk. He to them. did not. He voted for a third party. Oh, no, candidate. I'm not saying he did. I'm saying uh, if the people he's talking sure. to. Right. Um, which, again, if you're recruiting Trump voters to your group, have you really succeeded in anything? I don't think you have with this particular it's group. J- okay, if it's you're just thinking this. of spreading reason or whatever it is. Ten years ago, atheists were the whole, like, gay rights and feminism. And for the most part, obviously, there were some terrible people. I guess I'm just really talking about myself in 2012 mm-hmm. and, like, what my values as an atheist were. I don't want to, like... I'm narrow casting to me, but you know, I, I thought we were the ones on the side of letting people be themselves, letting people be the person they wanted to be, treating people kindly, no matter what they are or have done or whatever. Um, and to, it just felt like we were on the good guy's side, which is, it's enormously naive and also everyone always thinks they're on the good guys of course but it's also enormously naive and also i was not i wasn't aware of like trans issues then really and but i just don't understand how he can then turn around and say these people whether they're christians or not the idea of being conservative is being anti-gay and anti-trans and anti like in practice, yes, that's how it's playing out. And so Absolutely. I just don't understand what he has in common with these people aside from fuck leftists. No, that's Fuck it. women. That's, that's what unites them. Then what? That's, I... That's the I'm thing so all of these people have in deep- common because it's not the religion thing. I'm not denying that these people are atheists that are part of this right-wing group. It's that the the one thing that really motivates them is fighting against liberals like on college campuses more than anything else. But and where did are you? that happen? Uh, it's been festering for a long the while. The atheists are worried about liberal or the conservatives are? No, the conservatives are. Oh, okay. are. Yeah. 
But like, why do eight? Why why does Dave give a shit about who's saying what? I, on- they really enjoy these philosophical arguments about God in their mind, and where else? Oh! And that's what it is. It's the thing where men argue about hypotheticals instead of real life. Oh my God. I, truly, I just figured it out. No, no, no. This is 100% it. This is this thing. If you talk to any men on the internet, they always treat feminism and inequality and things like that as like hypothetical situations that we should talk about philosophically instead of like, no. I do the same work as this person and he gets paid more and that's bad. Like, feminism in a lot of ways is just literally like give me the same fucking opportunities as dudes like uh, they oh my god haven't why don't you collect your thoughts for a second oh we have an ad i'm gonna talk about i was trying to get a present for my parents who are notoriously hard to please and so i took a picture of my kids uploaded it at paintyourlife.com And the website said they would turn it into a professional hand-painted image of pretty much any size. So I got to pick the artist or have them pick one for me. I had multiple opportunities to see the drafts of the painting and make modification suggestions. And when I got the final product, I'm telling you, my parents really loved it. It's an awesome gift. It's personal. It's different. They will take any picture you've got, and the quality is fantastic. And you can get your portrait in as little as two weeks. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, you can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off, and you get free shipping. To get that special offer, just text the word FRIENDLY to 64000. That's FRIENDLY to 64000. So do it. Text FRIENDLY to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. And with that, um, I did have a very different story uh, that is very different from all the other ones we were talking okay. about. How long there did was, we talk about Dave? Um, way too long. <laughs> um, so he'll be happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, was there very was a nice one, to me when I met him. That's all I'll say. It was a special anniversary this week. Uh, oh. It was the 100th anniversary of the first time a piece of legislation was proposed to uh, fight the teaching of evolution. In Kentucky, this bill was proposed. 1922? 1922. And basically, the story here is that a Kentucky state rep introduced a bill that would, quote, prohibit the teaching in public schools and other public institutions of learning, Darwinism, atheism, agnosticism, or evolution as it pertains to the origin of man. That could have been written today. I know. And in Kentucky... Uh, by the way, what they said in that bill is that any teacher who taught evolution would be fined up to $5,000. In 1922 times? Yeah, which is 82000 plus Jesus today. Christ. And receive a jail sentence of up to one year. And any institution that allowed the teaching of evolution could have their charters revoked and also receive a fine. Um, and basically the Senate version of that bill, which got debated first... It was a little bit amended to say you can't teach anything that'll weaken or undermine the religious faith of students. They um, love that vague language. Uh-huh. Uh, that bill got defeated in the Senate, in the state Senate. And when the House bill came to a vote, 
uh, it actually failed by a vote of 42 to 41. Oof. So it's one of those things wow. where like, yeah, you're right. The language does not sound that weird from some of the anti-abortion, sure. anti-teach about racism and slavery. Mm-hmm. Don't say bills. gay. Yeah, it sounds remarkably similar. They defeated this bill in 1922, but obviously anti-evolution bills and anti-science bills have been going on ever since day. then. And of course, everyone remembers... One, one would say they evolved, would you? Thank you. Uh, and I think the thing everyone remembers, and the, no one remembers the 1922 Kentucky bill, but people will remember the very similar bill in Tennessee a few years later, it's which the was... Inherit the Wind Yeah, thing. Scopes Monkey Trial, which, all that. do you remember that um, I wrote a review of Inherit the Wind as my like audition to be a writer and friendly atheist? Not at all. Uh-huh, that's a true story. Look at you. Thank you. Look where I got you now. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, By the success way... Success will be on my wildest dream. We, we talked about this because, uh, like, just a couple months ago, an Oklahoma State Senator, Rob Standridge, this is like now, okay. he proposed a bill that would punish any school teacher who promoted any position, quote, in opposition to closely held religious beliefs of students. So if you're teaching evolution, theoretically, you are violating the law in Oklahoma if this bill passes. So these things are still being proposed. But it's so vague. Like, couldn't you say, like, serving pork is a violation of a student's closely held relief if they're Muslim? or imaginary in math. Yeah, that violates my beliefs. How dare you say anything is imaginary? I don't know. I don't understand how imaginary numbers work. Can you explain math to me someday? bonus episode. Well, no, of course, bonus episode. Obviously, we're recording it because I'm not letting that go. Okay. Um, what else? Let me jump this to... This is stupid. I hate people. You're welcome. Uh, Michael... F- oh, no, no. I'm going Michael to... Michael Fassbender? No, not even close. Uh, I'm talking about, in Missouri, a state representative, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, she proposed a bill because in Missouri... Uh, abortion is still technically legal, even though the Republicans in the state have tried to put a stop to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they passed a very Texas-like uh, bill in 2019 to basically ban it before a lot of women. Yeah, know and then didn't pregnant. a bunch of the Planned Parenthoods in Illinois open? Hold sh- back okay. Thought. okay, so that bill is tied up in the courts right now. Oh, and I as see. it turns out, Illinois, very blue, very supportive of reproductive justice. Mm-hmm. They opened a Planned Parenthood, or Planned Parenthood opened uh, a company, opened a building right on the border. So if you're in Missouri and able to travel just across the border to Illinois, mm-hmm. you can get the procedure you need. No, no problem there. Mm-hmm. So what's Coleman doing, the state representative? Oh, one other thing you should know. Because they haven't been able to outright ban abortion in Missouri, there is one clinic left in the state. It's in St. Louis. But because there's so much doubt about what's legal and because clearly they're trying to criminalize the procedure, they only do about 10 to 20 10 to 20 abortions per month at that clinic, the oh. one clinic in Missouri. Meanwhile, the Planned Parenthood that's just across the border, uh, since 2019, they've seen 10,644 Missouri residents Jesus so far. Christ. So Ten- basically, everyone's going oh to God. Illinois. And um, this woman now is trying to put a stop to that. So her bill uh, would basically, as far as I could tell, follow women as they drive across the border, spy on their medical visits in Illinois, and punish them for doing that in another state. That's her bill. It would punish, like, the people who help women travel to the other state in Illinois and punish them for getting an abortion in Illinois. These people. Uh, Let me read this specifically. 
a provision. She's offering this as an amendment to other uh, bills right now. It would allow private citizens to sue anyone who helps a Missouri resident obtain an abortion out of state. So it's a bounty law. If you drove a woman across the border, you could go to jail. You could pay a fine, whatever it is. Cool. Yeah, uh-huh. no, no fucking problem. By the way, the like, Washington Jesus. Post wrote about this, and look, the language they used. They talked about this this amendment of hers. It's unusual. It's novel. It's creative, which you're not helping, Washington Post. Stop acting like this is a cute brainstorming session or something. But also, big problem, isn't it? Like, oh, somebody's doing this like weird, quirky bill. Shouldn't we pay attention (laughs) to? No, women are gonna die. She said people uh, with uteruses are gonna die. Coleman said she's very upset uh, because of what's happening. She said she can't fully celebrate the success of declining abortions in Missouri uh, when so many women are obtaining the same procedure a few miles away. It's just tragic, she said, of the number of Missouri residents who get abortions in Illinois. It feels very sad and heavy. I swear to fucking God, these people and their like light thing of like, oh my God, it's so sad to me that this is as if like this sort of hypothetical thing, like, oh my God, isn't it sad that like, no, lady, these are human people who are in crisis. And I didn't catch this. They need help and you're not helping them. And I'm so fucking sick of it. I didn't catch this at first. Guess what her other part-time job is? Because for a lot of state representatives, uh, that's not their full-time job. Guess what her day job is? An artificial teenager inseminator. That would be quite the job. Uh, She's an attorney for the Thomas More Center, which uh, Thomas More Society, which is a conservative Catholic legal group that specifically fights for these particular issues. I think history is going to show that was a really good joke I made, and you did not give me anything. None whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, Last story, (laughs) I think. Sorry. Hmm. We're going No, not Jesus' last story. It's Jesus seen about this past story. (laughs) Oh, my God. Michael Flynn, the former Army Lieutenant General, the National Security Advisor for like two minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, and a convicted felon because he was in the Trump orbit. He was at a campaign rally for a pastor, Jackson Lehmeyer, in Oklahoma, who's running for the U.S. Senate. He's trying to primary a Republican senator in Oklahoma, which, if you're not conservative enough as a senator from Oklahoma, like, oh, man, this guy has got to be that much worse. Yikes. Michael Flynn's campaigning for that guy. And at a rally, here's what he said. Um... Democracy, blah, blah, blah. You read the Federalist Papers. You read the Founders' writings. You read all these things. You study the history of this country. You study how it was founded. That's why the word creator is in the Constitution four times. We are endowed by our creator. He was saying this to justify Christian nationalism. I have two words. Yes. Jefferson Bible. (laughs) Right. Jefferson Bible is one of my favorite interesting historical artifacts, and I've talked about it on here before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Thomas Jefferson was a deist prolinist, mm-hmm. um, and he thought that Jesus Christ was a very good moral leader, but didn't believe in any of the magic mumbo jumbo. And so he sat down with several copies of the Bible and with a straight razor cut out the, it has the nothing lines. to do with this story, by It doesn't the way. matter. It's one I'm of my favorite small historical anecdotes, and I love to tell this story. Um, cuts out anything that's magical, anything that's supernatural. And what's left, he believed, was a good 
solid piece of like moral writing. Anyway, the founding fathers were Christians. The founding fathers fathers were not Christians. And certainly not Christians the way they're uh, Christian nationalists are today. But really, let me repeat Michael Flynn said the word creators in the Constitution four times. Guess how many times it's actually in the Constitution? Once. Zero. Because he didn't even quote the Constitution. Oh, the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, he quoted the Declaration of Independence, which mentions a creator, like, in various ways. And the Declaration of Independence is not a... It's a, not like, the law document. It's not a law, yes, thank you. I uh, didn't know how to phrase three, that. And three of the times that a creator or a synonym is mentioned in the Declaration, it's like saying, God bless you. Like, it's not, you're not referring we to know, God, really. And done by their creator, um, we know. And the yeah. unalienable rights thing, fine, but that's not a law that says you have to believe in any of this Well, also, stuff. oh my God, who... Fu- anyway. I'm so tired of arguing about what the founding fathers would have wanted. I just want to repeat... Michael Flynn, the convicted felon, said this lie about the Constitution, even if it was a slip-up. The point he was trying to make was a bad one. He said this for a right-wing extremist running for U.S. Senate because the current right-wing extremist who represents Oklahoma in the Senate, uh, James Langford, is uh, not conservative enough for them, and they still don't know what they're talking about, any of them, at all. (sighs) This is why did you front load all the happy stuff? This is terrible. I got one more. I don't know where to put this one. Maybe this satisfies that itch. Okay. Um, Patriarch Kirill of the Russian Orthodox Church. Wait, wait, wait. Don't worry about it. Okay. He's the head of the Russian Orthodox Church. Oh, that's a Church. name? He's an ally of Putin. Well, oh. He said this week that the conflict that is going on in a part of Ukraine. Uh, has to do basically the test of which side you're on, he said, is whether your country is willing to host gay pride parades. Any country that does that clearly is doing the wrong thing and we must fight them. That's all I got. It's so tired. The headline headline from CNN, Russian Orthodox Church alleges gay pride parades were part of the reason for Ukraine war. Yeah, I mean, listen, we love to blame things on the gays, so I don't see why this should be any different. I'm done. Um, I just have a really quick little story to tell before we we go. Um, My my husband's uncle died um, over the weekend. Um, Gene was his name. And um, I just wanted to tell a, a quick story about him because he lived... A pretty extraordinary life. He's uh, he was ninety when he passed over the weekend. Um, my uh, my mother in law's family. She's one of five or six or seven. There's so many of them. Um, she my but my um, my mother in law was the youngest. She was born in a refugee camp in Germany during World War II. Uh, they were a Polish family. Um, Christ, uh, Catholic, but but uh, had to um, had to flee Poland. Ended up in Germany. Um, eventually, the whole family emigrated over to um, to the U.S. And as they were getting ready to, you know, uh, basically being sorted out by the people of where you're going to go, what like you're a refugee, are you going to go to a work camp or are you going to go to this? Um, Jean was, um, I think, 15 at the time, and the oldest, the oldest of the of the of the kids. The family is trying to get out together, and um, there's you know, a Nazi standing there, like, you know, taking notes like they do of, you know, they're in line. Where are you going to go? How, you know, what's your name? Gene, Gene Kaczynski. How old are you? I'm 15. The Nazi says, how old are you? 
And he says, 15? And the Nazi looks at him in his eyes and says, how old are you? And he said, 14? And he's like, great. Kids 14 and under, stay with their family. Stay with your family. Mm. And if that hadn't happened, wow. we would have never known Uncle Gene. Um, I, it's just a story that I think about all the time. And I don't know what the moral is. Is the moral that some Nazis were good? I don't know. It's just one of those things that just sticks with you of like how fully lives were altered because of this one person's decision. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I just wanted to share that. Thank you for sharing. That. Yeah. Um, also, you know what time it is? No. For me to read my list of topics oh, for the bonus episode, we have Aunt Jessa, that's me, the show The Wilds, Faux Spring Part 2, <laughs> The City of Asheville, um, Sensory Deprivation Tanks, um, My Horse Prince, and I'm going to start, you don't get to pick this one, of my uh, story about Michael Shermer, which is one of my favorite cocktail party stories. Okay. Did you write all those down? Enough of them. That's I skipped a couple that I didn't care about. <laughs> you didn't give a shit about. Uh-huh. I skipped a couple that I knew you wouldn't give a shit about. <laughs> uh, you can find us. Uh, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Yep. Uh, you can find me at Hemet Meta on Twitter. You can find me at Jess Blimke on Twitter. You can also find my Etsy shop. Uh, it's bitches get, bitches get Stitch done at Etsy. Um, there's two listeners who are waiting on cross stitches from me, and they're, look at Hemet, they're right there I under that them. bag. Yes. They just need to be washed and dried and ironed and framed and mailed. They and then look they'll be lovely. you. <laughs> You're so sweet. Um, Email us a friendly atheist podcast at gmail.com. Oh, leave us a message. I have a, uh, not leave a message. Us a review. A review is what I was looking for. Um, this one is from January 21st, 2022. It's from Dr. Phil number seven or Dr. Phil hashtag seven, depending mm-hmm. on how you feel about that. It's called, sorry, Hammond. Uh-oh. No offense, Hammond, but quote, the woman is the best part of this podcast. You're really knowledgeable and a great host. Without Jessica, this would be the audio equivalent of a dry piece of toast. Seriously, though, this is a great podcast. Keep up the great work, guys. There's nothing wrong with dry pieces the next, of toast. Well, the next one is can't agree with the bastion of the opposition as it makes you look as bad as them. That's a different one. That wasn't from <laughs> Dr. Phil, hashtag seven. That was, oh, baby's first teacher, obviously. Anyway. All right. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye.